Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. What does it look like to abide? We've been spending time in John 15 and really letting it kind of set the context for our year as we begin to look at the things that God has for us both individually and corporately together as a church family. And I introduced something to you last week kind of about of an overarching theme that we're going to be spending time in this from through the winter into the spring. And it's really this idea of what does it look like to have a Jesus-shaped life? What does it look like for our lives to look like Jesus? He invited us into that place and he set an amazing example for us. But oftentimes we, we, we don't set very good context around that for our own lives of what does it look like to have a Jesus-shaped life? And we're, we're using a really simple kind of foundation for us to get our minds wrapped around what Jesus's life looked like. And I took us into Luke chapter six last week and gave us the example of Jesus going away and spending time with the father. And then immediately after that, he came down and he spent time with his disciples and his friends. And from that place of relationship, the disciples and friends and Jesus all went out into the community and were doing wonderful things in the community that they were a part of. And it gives us this beautiful picture of this, uh, this idea and this shape that Jesus lived his life. And this is it right up here. And we call this the Jesus shaped life. And it has three components to it, an up relationship with God, our in relationship with one another, and our out relationship with the world and community that we live in. And this is really what it looks like to have a Jesus-shaped life. And we're going to unpack all the other spaces of this as we go throughout the spring, but we've been focusing on the up part of this relationship. We've been focusing on what does it look like to build an up relationship with God. And the word that we've been using in this season for us as a church family is to abide. And we took that directly out of John 15 where we were invited into this place of abiding with him. And today I wanna kind of take us to the back half of John 15. We've been spending time in verses one through about nine to this point in time. And it's Jesus's invitation to abide in him to be with him, to be connected with him. And he was giving us this illustration of, the, of a vine and he was giving us the picture of what it looked like to be connected to that vine. And if we weren't, what the, what the results of that were in our lives. And, and he goes on and he, he kind of paints this picture of this vineyard and this beautiful thing that the father is doing in and through Jesus and our connection with him. And today I want to I wanna help you to understand really the atmosphere around what what provides the opportunity for all that growth and fruit to be produced in our life. And it's really about the last eight verses or the middle eight verses of John 15 that give us some insight as to what Jesus was building and developing, what he was, he was calling us to. And I want to call it the atmosphere, right? The atmosphere of a Jesus-shaped life. I want to help you to understand the oxygen, the, the surroundings that go around a Jesus-shaped life, much like this picture up here gives us kind of a, a picture of, of the world that we live in. This is our planet that we get to call home, that God created for us. How many of you know that there's an atmosphere that allows us to exist on this planet? for life to grow, for things to flourish, for you and I to breathe in and breathe out, to wake up every morning with the opportunity at a new day. There's something very specific about the atmosphere of this planet that allows us to exist in it. 
And if that gets out of balance in any way, shape, or form, how many of you know that that will mess us up in a big way? And God gave us this beautiful picture of the world. And really, if we were to narrow that down, he gave us this beautiful picture and conversation about a vineyard and what, what takes place there because there's a very specific atmosphere that must be in place in order for a vine to produce fruit. Just like there's a very specific atmosphere around the world that we live in for us to be able to live and to thrive and for animals and plants and all of those things to take place. And God gave us this beautiful illustration in John 15 of what the context, the atmosphere of a Jesus-shaped life looks like, what it looks like to be able to bear the fruit that he's invited us to. So John 15, if you have your Bibles, John 15 verse 9 is where we're going to begin with. It says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. He goes on. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Verse 11. I had, have told you these things so that you uh, will be filled with my joy. Yes, joy. Yes, your joy will be overflowing. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves, but because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Now, I don't know if you noticed what Jesus said there, but over 16 times in just a small space of scripture, Jesus says a singular word to give us the context and the atmosphere for everything else that he had just taught the disciples. Jesus was saying, listen, when you come and abide in me, when you come and fellowship with me, when you stay connected to me, the atmosphere around that, the thing that gives it the oxygen and the sunlight, the thing that gives it the opportunity to grow and actually produce fruit is this little four-letter word. It's love. Jesus says everything that, that surrounds this, this vine and you as a branch and everything that will give you opportunity to grow and produce this fruit that I desire for you to produce comes out of the place and the atmosphere of love. Love's the oxygen of the kingdom of God. It's the air that we breathe. Love is the, the context and the motivation Love is the atmosphere. It's the everything that surrounds a Jesus-shaped life. I know I'm sounding really emphatic about this, but, but here, here's what I know, that all too many times we say the word love and everybody checks out. Oh, love, I understand. Love, love, I, I get it. Like, it's, it's what we see in romance movies. And, and for those of us that are really, really spiritual, no, no, love is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And like we, we, we oftentimes when we hear this word love, it's just so easy for us to go, oh, I know about love. Can I tell you this? The more I get to know God, the more I realize how much I don't know about love. The longer I walk with Jesus, the more time I spend with him, the more I realize I, I, I do not have a concept of his kind of love. I'm learning about it, 
But day in and day out, I'm coming to the greater realization that I, I really don't know what it means to love. And that I need the Holy Spirit's work, the atmosphere of the kingdom of God in my life to teach me about love. This is why our up relationship with God is so critically important because it's only time with him and in his presence and around that atmosphere of love that teaches me what it really looks like and means to love. And so Jesus sets the table for us and he invites us into relationship with him. And the whole context of that relationship is enveloped in this atmosphere of his love that surrounds our lives. His love that becomes the oxygen that we breathe, that brings definition and context to everything that we do in life and in community. I, I just want you to imagine for a second if the church, the body of Christ, really understood unconditional love, how much different would our world be? Just think about that for a second. If we knew, and, and we don't, if we knew how to love each other like Jesus was describing here, like if we knew how to, to give unconditional love to one another, not to judge each other in the broken spaces of our life, not to be those that are there pointing fingers, but to be people that are, our arms are wide open to one another like Jesus invited. Can you imagine what church environments would be like? Can you imagine what it would look like for, for people in our world who already feel the pain, the pressure, the challenges of a world pointing their fingers at? Can you imagine what it would be like? Churches would be packed. Not because they're the most comfortable place in the, in the world to be, but because people would be experiencing what we were created for, that is to be loved. And this is exactly what, what Jesus was trying to teach us here in John 15, was that as you, as you begin to think about growth, as you think about connection with the Father, as you think about walking in relationship with Jesus, that all of that is wrapped up in this space of love. And that we're constantly learning what that looks like for us on a daily basis. I, I can just tell you in my own life, I feel like I'm on this journey constantly. Of learning through the rhythms of my relationship with God, of being in community with the body of Christ, what love looks like. What it feels like. How it's expressed. And Jesus invited us into this place of learning with him because he knew for, uh, in order for us to grow and produce the fruit that he was inviting us to, this lasting fruit that he, he spoke about in, in verse 16, in order for that to be produced in our life, there had to be the right atmosphere around our lives in order for that kind of fruit to be produced. Our family, every summer, we get an opportunity to go up to uh, this place just outside of Riggins. And um, the, the people that own this property um, have, a, have vineyards there. And this, this last year, we were just spending some time with uh, Carl out in the vineyard. And, and we were talking just a little bit about the context of what it takes to, to grow the, the, the grapes that they have there. And, and he, he began to talk to me about this very specific environment around them that that has to take place, the right temperatures, the right elevations, the right soil, all of these things. And he said, you know what one of the funniest things is? He says, the, the challenges that we have every year are atmospheric around us, things that we have zero control over. He said, in fact, one of the worst things that happens to the vineyards is when there's forest fires around and there's a layer put between the sun and the plants. He said, every time in those years, funky things happen to this fruit that we're trying to produce. 
And as, I, as he began to share about that, I was just reminded about our lives and the environments and the culture that we build around us in family and community and all of those things. And that the love of God is, is like the, the sun just trying to, to, to guide us and to lead us and to bring health and, and, and let life come into our life. And yet, oftentimes, there's things that get in the atmosphere of our relationship with God that can distort the fruit that God's trying to produce in us. And so how important it is for us to tend to that space of our life, to be aware of, of this, the surroundings of our life that is producing either loving environments or not producing spaces for us to produce the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those wonderful things that God wants to flow from our life, but the atmosphere around us in, in the worlds that we are creating, our family life and our friends and all of those things impact the growth of the fruit in your life. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, I want you to learn how to put all of that through the lens and the context of love. Love's the foundation for it. In fact, Jesus was so clear about this that he, he literally said everything hinged on becoming more loving people. Most of us know this, this passage of scripture, but it's actually the foundation in which River Valley Community Church here for us together is built off of. It's the place in which we We've set our heart and said, God, this is the vision, the direction that you're taking it. And it comes out of the great command. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Notice that Jesus in this space gives a, a, a framework, a context for what loving looks like. He's saying loving is just not an emotional thing for you and your relationship with God. Loving, loving God is actually put into the context of your mind, the way that you think and process. Loving God is, is actually put into the, the whole being that God has created you to be. He's saying that's, that's, the, that's the place where this begins, and, and Jesus sets the priority of that as the first thing. You must first learn to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, every part of your being, all that you are. Jesus is saying this is, this is the context for, for which this works. In. And then he goes on to say, and secondly, is equally important. This, this second thing he's about ready to say, he said, listen, the first one was to love your God with everything that you are. And that's important. It's really important. And the second thing that I'm about ready to tell you is equally as important. In other words, they're parallel tracks. They walk together. They're knit together. You cannot separate the two from each other. He says, love your neighbor as yourself and goes on to say the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Jesus set priority on the space of loving above everything else. Not attending church, not being a good person, not even how many mission trips you go on or, or kind things you do to your neighbors. And, and those, those can all be outflows of love in our life. Please don't, don't get me wrong contextually here. But the reality of it is oftentimes we put the emphasis on those things and Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. The emphasis is on this love. Love is the priority. Learning how to love God. Learning how to love each other. And you notice that Jesus said even learn how to love yourself. We, we don't like talking about that because oftentimes in the Christian community, we're like, well, well isn't that selfish? No, here, here's, here's the reality. If, if you can't love who God's created you to be, you have no capacity to love people. Yeah. 
In fact, Jesus set that in this place. Love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, you're going to love your neighbor the way that you love yourself. That was the invitation. Actually, it was the instruction. So if you have no context for the love of God for you, the wonder and the beauty that he's created in you, the magnificent gift that you are to the world and to your family, to the people around you in life, if you don't understand the love of God for you so much so that he was willing to to sacrifice his son so that you could have hope and life, then the gifts and the talents and all the things that he's put in you, he put in you because he loves you. If you don't have context for that in your mind, here's the reality of it. You can't love your neighbor because there's a limit to that space because we've put a block in there. That block is, I, I, I don't believe that I'm worthy of love. I, I, don't, I don't even know that I am lovely. And God says, I, I created you. This is the beauty and the wonder of the sanctity of life, right? That God created each one of us for his delight. And as you journey through your life, if you've had voices and people and circumstances in life that have, have gotten you into a position and posture in your life where you don't even know how to, how to love yourself or take care of you as a person, that's a place where God wants in your devotional, your, your connection with him to remind you of how wonderful he made you, how precious you are to him. Why? Because that opens the door for you to actually be able to love other people. Church, we got some work to do, amen? But how, how many of you know that that, that work that, that we're invited into is a work of the Holy Spirit in us where he's teaching us how to love? This is why our up relationship with God is so important. This is why learning how to develop time with him, to be in his presence and his word, to spend time in worship and whatever that looks like in the rhythms of your life. That's why it's so important because we only learn about the love of the father to us and, and our created design when we spend time with the creator. That's why this vertical relationship that, that we talk about so often is, is something that we, we press into as a church family because it's the life flow. It's what Jesus was saying. If you, if you abide in me and I in you, right? Jesus was giving us this picture. You will never know your purpose and your function unless you're connected in to Jesus. And the context of that connection is all about his love, his passion for you, his care for you, why? So that you can demonstrate that to the world that we live in. Jesus has some pretty incredible things when it comes to this space of love, but here, here's what we've got to, to settle our hearts in, church family. That as we look at our relationship with God, and as we look at our relationships with one another, and as we think about the context of what that is, it is completely enveloped the kingdom of God in love. And learning how to become more loving people. We as a church set the foundation for this many, many years ago when we set our vision statement as this, to love God and to love people with all that we are and all that we have. I want you to think about that. For us as a church family, this is the guiding principle for us. When we talk about vision, where are we going? Let me help you. We are going to become more loving people every day. That is the direction and the invitation of Jesus in our life. This is why Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hang on this one thing, these, this, this space of love, learning to love him and learning to love people. 
I've said it a lot today. I'm going to keep saying it because I think some of you are still waiting for me to move to the main point. That is the main point. Love. What God's doing in us in this space. And the source of that is love himself. The place that we learn about love is not from a world or an idea, but from love himself. The scripture tells us that God is... We're going to try that again. The scripture tells us that God is... He's love. He's love. When he wanted to define himself, he used the word love. He's patient and he's kind and he's long-suffering. And he gave us this beautiful picture of what all that looks like. And he's inviting us to find our very life and being in the place of love relationship with him. He's welcomed us into abiding in him and the whole environment around that inviting space, that invitational space is the atmosphere of love. The whole journey of this life that we are on is to become more loving people. I want you to let that sink in this morning. All the things that we've, we've put a lot of context around for our lives, like being good in the professional space or even being good parents or spouses or all of those things, every one of them is contingent upon us becoming better at loving each other. To become better at walking in love relationship with Jesus. That means the attention of our lives, the attention of your day, the things that God's working in your life, the attitudes that he's trying to adjust inside of you is is not just because he's trying to tweak with your attitude, it's because he's trying to make you a, a more loving person. He's trying to set a greater context and environment around your life for others to experience the love of God through interactions with you and with me. And so he's teaching us how to do that daily. And so daily, this is why Jesus said, listen, the greatest command, the greatest thing you will ever spend your life doing is learning how to love better every day. And that is a journey of our life. It is the process that we are in constantly. And it's the invitation that Jesus gave to us. Out of it flows every other part of living in our life. Learning to become more loving people will solve the problems that you have relationally in your life. I'm going to go over here. (laughs) Learning how to love better every day will help those complicated relational dynamics that we have in our life become much more simple and clear. Learning how to love better daily will give you an open door to your neighbor that you've been hoping and praying for for some time that they would have a connection with Jesus, but they just need an opportunity. Learning how to love better will open that door. Learning how to to love better will actually mend the broken relationships of our past. That doesn't mean that that they're all going to be perfect. It just means that it gives us the ability to learn how to live forward in our lives because we're putting in the context of learning how to become more loving people. Church, we've We've, we've got some space to grow in this, I think every one of us. But I love that Jesus said, listen, that the whole context of all of this journey of your life, the whole context of learning scripture, and gathering together in worship, the whole, the whole context of being in small groups, the whole context, all of those things, the, the atmosphere of that in your life has got to be encapsulated in this atmosphere of love. 
And we're learning how to do that. We're learning how. Does it take a little time? I don't know. I'm 45 years old, and I still don't feel like I even have a clue what I'm doing in this space. So apparently it takes some time. But can I tell you it's worth the journey? Because for those of us sitting in this room that have experienced the love of God in their life, in our lives, there's nothing more satisfying. There's lots of things that try and compete for that in our life, but there is nothing more satisfying than the moments that you can go to in your life and know that you are fully loved, fully accepted. There's, there's nothing that meets that in this world. We strive for it a lot. We, we look in other avenues. Even after we've experienced the love of God, there's times where we allow ourselves to be sucked into these other spaces that, that promise us such great feeling and promise us great this and great that. But the reality of it is, is God's love just continues to win every time every time. And so as we journey in this life, he's teaching us how to become more loving people. What is the fruit of abiding in his love? As we close our time today, I just want us to to put into context in our minds as we look forward to this work of abiding that God's doing in our hearts and lives. The fruit of abiding in Jesus and his love, (coughs) his presence all around us, is a people that will produce loving fruitfulness from our lives. I know that sounds like the same words over and over and over, but there's some some reality to how we look at this development that the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us. And God is producing a fruit in each one of our lives. He's producing fruit from our lives that, that provide a place and space for others to experience him in. And this this space of it is all built upon this platform of his love. It's a powerful question to ask ourselves, are we becoming more loving people? When you think about your life and the journey that you're in, when you think about the friendships that you're around, when you think about the community that you're engaging and you think about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's a great question to ask ourselves, am I becoming a more loving person through this? What is God doing in me to teach me how to become a more loving person? Because the fruit of that in our life creates this, um, creates this buffer around us that as the harshness of our world and environment increases, the, the things around us we, we just shake our heads at constantly continue to bombard and penetrate our life, that there's something that surrounds us that gives us the ability to look forward with hope and anticipation to live life on a daily basis with a smile on our face and joy in our heart. We experience what Jesus said, I want you to enjoy my joy. I want you to feel what this feels like. It's all wrapped in the context of love. 1 John 4.18 actually gives us the best description. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fear has not been perfected in love. Here, let, let me give you context for this. What he's saying is, if we're wrestling through the spaces of fear in our life because of what we see around us in our lives, it's an indicator for each one of us to go, okay, love has not been perfected in me yet. In other words, he's still at work. I mean, you know, that's good news. He's still a good work. There's a good work that God is doing in you to perfect his love inside of each one of us. And when we recognize fear rising to the surface about anything that's going on in our lives, 
It could be your finances. It could be a pandemic. It could be everybody that's moving to Idaho. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Whatever it is, when fear begins to rise inside of us, it's an indicator that some love needs perfected in our lives. And if you're looking for love to be perfected in your life, there's only one source to go to. His name's Jesus. Love himself. And so as we think about the fruit that God is producing in our life, what he wants to produce in you is peace, joy. All of these wonderful fruit that give us a buffer around our life from the world that we are living in. It gives you a place of solitude and protection and safety to be able to live this life that is, that is surrounded by difficulty and challenge and still have the joy of the Lord in us. To still have, yes, a smile on your face and, and some hope and anticipation for the things that are to come. What produces that kind of fruit in our life is the love of God. So as the people of God, what I want to encourage us to is this place of coming and abiding with him in the atmosphere of his love, that love would be the fragrance of our lives in every environment that we're in, in our relationships with one another, in how we interact with our children and our spouses, how we function in a work environment that might be stressful and difficult and people that you just want to choke out instead of love them. Like, I know none of you, I I have the perfect work environment. I get to work here. But there's this reality that as we walk in relationship with people, there's challenges that we face in that. And I just want to remind you that love gives you the answer to those moments. And this is what Jesus was talking about in John 15, where he said, listen, I want you to learn to come and abide with me. In fact, Jesus, the, the other translations of that word is to remain to remain in his love, to to not have your quiet time or devotion in the morning when you're driving to work or wherever you're at, and then the minute you step out of that environment, all of a sudden peace and joy and all of that, the love of God just disappears and you just get in your flesh. That's easy for us to do, right? The drive to work can do that. Just a conversation with your children can do that. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm inviting you to come And learn what it feels like to abide with me. To stay connected to the source of love for your life. Why? Because it'll create an atmosphere around you that brings life. That brings fruit. That brings growth not only in your life, but in the life of those that we interact with. Isn't it beautiful how Jesus invites us? His commandment to us was to love, but his invitation was let me show you what that looks like. He wasn't pointing his finger at us and said, you guys are idiots. You don't know what you're doing. No, no, no. He's saying, listen, let me show you. Let me, let me demonstrate to you. I want you to experience what abiding with me really looks and feels like. That's the love of the Father. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.